the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. And they've got friendly employees when you walk in, and... Um, I haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's Word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation. A sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hi, I'm Eric Galindo Training Director for the FSI Training School For individuals and businesses we offer certification courses in CPR and First Aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible, have fun, and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. An entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. So we will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. We are in the house. 
Ross. Thank you for joining us tonight, everyone. This is the Bible Live, the quiz show. And yes, there is someone besides Soapy Dollar. There is Jacob in the house as well. And should we also mention there is a producer, and his name is? John. John. The Apostle. Uh, well, not oh, the Apostle uh, John, a, but John. Oh boy, I think you had me scared. I thought you were going to say the bathroom. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I have no idea what to do with that. Hello, everyone. This is the Bible Live, the quiz show. We read through in our reading schedule. Now, we're not, as you know, we know that we're not on the air Monday through Friday any longer, but we are. We do have the reading schedule up on our website, and you can go download the readings and listen and still continue the same reading schedule with us. We, uh, uh, at this time of the year, are reading the books of First and Second Kings. So uh, our schedule tells us to read the final chapters, chapter 12 through 25 of the book of Second Kings. And then we moved right on into the New Testament book of the Acts. The Acts, well, it's called the Acts of the Apostles, but uh, I always refer to that, it as the book of the okay. Acts of the Holy Spirit. It's following the uh, resurrection, the ascension of Mes- uh, Messiah, and the... We enter into the era of, the, of what is called the church age, or the time of the Holy Spirit. I think more of it as the, the era and the time of God's Spirit working uh, in a very unique way with his people. We'll talk about that tonight. What changed as a result of the book of Acts? And uh, we can talk about a little, little bit with Jacob tonight. I'd like to kind of get his thoughts on that as well. But most of the emphasis uh, from the book of Acts, to me at least, have to do with Jesus uh, promise uh, repeatedly, uh, repeated promise to his disciples that he needed to go away. I must go away, he said over and over again. It's very important that I go away. And why? So that the Father will send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. Now, we're, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, tonight. Hopefully we can kind of get What's a... the Greek word for that? We, we think we can get a little bit of a consensus on that. Oh, what are you talking about? The uh, Well, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. <clears throat> what, what's the Greek word for that? Oh, 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 oh the uh, yeah. uh, uh, paraclete. Aha. Uh-huh. When, uh, when I heard that on radio, I thought they were saying the paraclete. Uh, paraclete. <laughs> well, as a former athlete, I always thought they called it a paraclete, you know, uh-huh. but... Well, okay. Uh, well, we're in the ballpark, right? This is why the Greeks have failed. <laughs> That's, and you do have this bias. He does have this bias against uh, the Greek translations, you know, from the Hebrews and so on. But anyway, from the Hebrew and all, we'll talk about this uh, a little bit longer, but uh, further. But Second Kings, I was just talking to Jacob before we came on the air. All of these stories about Elijah and Elisha, and all of these these series of kings. I believe there were twenty-two kings of the ten tribes of the north, with their capital, oh, finally their capital in Samaria, uh, and in the 22 kings of the uh, Judah and Benjamin in the south. Each of them had 22 kings, if, I, if my count is correct. Uh, obviously, the time period for the people in the north was shorter than the time in the south. They, they fell in seven, what, 722 B.C. Uh, the kingdom and the ten tribes in the north were taken into captivity, and I guess we read about that, or is it already over with in Second Kings chapter 12? The, the uh, ten kings of the north are taken into captivity in 722 B.C., and about, what is it, 150 years or so later, in 586, is when the Nebuchadnezzar comes over from Babylon and 
destroys Jerusalem and uh, takes. Well, he he he's already begun taking people out of the out of Israel and taking them back over into Babylon. So uh, that, that's excellent, a kind of a, a series. A rendition. That's a that's a kind you of have a, done so well. a series. And well, we kind of make. But but the point is, Jacob, I was just asking you before. Here within we have these stories of, of the the history of Israel, the northern kingdoms, the southern. We have these kings, and so it takes a pretty good special effort to keep them all straight. You know, it's kind of like keeping the the keeping keeping track of the. Uh, People on the soccer field, if you're announcing a football game I'll or a soccer game. I'll tell you a very game. funny story about the Kings. <clears throat> okay. Okay, when I was in school, where I went to school. Is this the way y'all learned to memorize them? Oh, uh, well, you're going to love the story once you hear it. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, very subtle, this story. Very subtle. Anyway, so the, uh, the, this one professor we had that was just a real brain, he used to say, listen, if you don't know the answer to a question, just write down there, I don't know, but I am going to list the kings of Israel. And so if you listed them and you got them right, he'd give you credit as if you answered the question correctly anyway. All right. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. So... In other words, in his idea, his mind, it was worthwhile to memorize the kings of Israel. I think so, too. I really do. But I do wonder sometimes if people don't read the Bible and go, what do I care about all these kings and all these things? What what difference does it make? I guess I'm in one of those moods, you know, about this old book, this Bible, 3,000 yeah, years so old. hauntingly like a politician that said, what difference does it make? Oh, ah! yeah, what difference? Yeah, what I've heard saying? that. Why are you quoting certain that politicians saying that sort of thing. But it, it is, an, it, why do we study this old book? Why is it interesting? What difference does it make to our lives today? Uh, what happened in that era? Maybe we can talk about some of these things tonight. Perhaps we can. But in Second Kings, Only if chapter, we ask some questions before nine thirty this twelve through yeah, we're going to get to it twelve through twenty five, and then we'll read. Uh, we read Acts chapters one through three, really, but we got into verse four yeah. of chapter four. Yeah. So we'll get a little bit into the book of Acts. As well. You know, I would mm. like to give you a compliment about, one, well, two things. One, did you happen to do anything uh, this last Thursday that was I good did. for the neighborhood? I did. I did. And what was that? Let's it just say great. the title. I, it was great. It was what the was National it? Day of Oh, Prayer. we did it in only one minute. <laughs> you know, I'm beginning to like that day more and more. It just, uh, it's so refreshing. I it just really, I enjoyed it immensely. My wife does a great deal of the organizational detailed work, and she really is to be applauded tonight for for this year. It yeah, I, I was there. Event. I saw the whole thing, and yeah. I heard your wife, and she yeah. did a great thing. Yeah, and the, the, the kiddos were just a – they were the great treat, I thought. Yeah, they were. The, and I'll also tell you time. this, Soapy. I really do like the way you – and maybe you don't do it on purpose, but how you stagger these books, like when you go from Second Kings to Acts, there is a sim- symmetry there that has impressed me. I was hoping you would say that tonight uh, because I think you've said well, you it in years it past. For me. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say it right? No, 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 I didn't, folks. He just was joking about that. But you have said that in the past. You have said that there, this link, there is this – Likeness, and they, they are books, both books of history, the, the books of the kings and the books uh, of Acts. They are both uh, history, books of history, so they are alike in that sense. But maybe you can explain that why they kind of go together well as we as we move along. But like you said, we want to put some questions out there, right? I Before the uh, bottom of the hour, here are some questions from Psalms uh, seventy four through seventy seven. Psalms 74 through 77. Um, 
So here is one. Let's see. Psalm 76. Let's go there first. Psalm 76 asserts that God is always in control of every situation, even to the point of using the rebellion of those who reject and oppose him for his own purposes, for his own glory. Psalm 76 asserts that God is always in control of every situation. Okay, let's talk in terms of in theological terms. What is this attribute or this characteristic of God called? Can you give us a call? 340-9585. What is this attribute of God called? The one that uh, is, asserts that God is always in control in every situation. All right, then I'll go to Psalm 77. Psalm 77 is a prayer to God. The primary pronoun in the beginning of the psalm is I. I did this. I did this. I did this. I want this. I think this. At the end of Psalm 77, the primary pronoun has changed to what? All right. Not not the word what, but I'm, that's the question. <laughs> okay. At the end of Psalm 77, and I think it's kind of a key to understanding uh, the psalm and, and, and uh, appreciating the psalm, this prayer that is reflected in Psalm 77. So those two questions from the psalms. Do you want me to ask you a question from the Proverbs? Sure. We did read uh, chapters, sure. chapter 12 of the Proverbs. Sure. Proverbs 12.10 states that the wicked are always cruel, but a characteristic of the godly is that they take care of what or whom. The wicked are always cruel. Wicked people are always cruel. But one characteristic of a godly person or godly people is that they take care of what or whom. All right? I, you'll, yeah, I think you'll like that particular uh, proverb. I know there's... Some of you will like it a lot more, perhaps, even than others. But you may be surprised that the, the Bible has this kind of an admonition. So, uh, Proverbs twelve ten: the godly take care of what or whom. Okay, Jacob. Okay. Second Kings. Okay, Second Kings. Uh, let's do your number four first. Okay. That's fine. Okay. What was the final capital of Israel? The nor- of the northern ten tribes. The, final the answer capital. you have put here is in Second uh, Kings 17, number 1. And I say the final capital because during the years of their existence, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. it moved around yeah. several times at least. Well, uh, I would, somebody quoted something to me today who I'll just paraphrase and say, well, you know, they're not really lost because God never loses anything. You know, He knows exactly where they're at. Oh, the lost. Oh, oh, I get it. I see. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What was the final capital of Israel, the northern ten tribes? Yeah. Okay, and, okay. You'll explain that. And, and when it says final, I'd like to point out, as far as this particular reading, the final place will be in Israel. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll go with you okay. there. Let's see. All what... right. That's your number one. Okay. All right. Got it. All right. You ready for another one? I am. Okay. I like your number seven. Let's do that one. How's that? All right. Uh, when Assyria conquered a nation, what did they customarily do with the inhabitants? All right. And that's a very important question for tonight. It uh, is. It actually is. And yeah. it's uh, it's 
kept permanently in the memory of Israel, evidently, because it's quoted, even even Paul refers to it over uh-huh. in the book of Romans and so on, the, the, method, the method used by the uh, uh, people of Assyria. Yeah, and one of the uh, places you'll find the answers in Second Kings 16.9 or 17.6. Okay, good. Now, let's do your number 10. All right. And we're this, I'm going to dig in my feet on this. We've done this. All right. We've talked about this. Yes, but tonight we're going to dispel, we're going to correct, we're going to... Okay. Then you up. want to change the terminology of the question right off well, the bat? No, well, let's... Uh, okay. First, let me read the question. What okay. What we got here is... Uh, I, don't, I don't know who drafted it exactly, but... It was it, my fault. Your fault? Uh-huh. Well, that's awful big of you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In the times of Jesus, devout Jews... Hated the Samaritans. Why? You got the answer being seventeen nineteen, and I certainly was seventeen twenty nine. Okay, I know. I meant twenty nine. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You're so right about seventeen twenty nine. Now, if somebody would be kind enough to call in so we can discuss that, I have decided the time has come as we discussed. Let's clear some things up. Why, Education according to this question, important. why did devout Jews in the times of Jesus? Hate, I uh, don't like using that word. I, I should not have. I'm sure, I'm sure of that. The, why did devout Jews hate the Samaritans? Uh, okay. The, why, that, the question is why, and you find the answer in Acts. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Second Kings 17, verse 29. And you're, you're going to help us on that a little bit, right? Well, I'm going to quote the Bible and see if we can't dispel the mythology that, and I think you're a fair enough man. We've talked yeah, about this yeah. before. And I've asked you, isn't it fair to say in many, not all perhaps, but in many Christian churches this answer yeah. is always stated as something that's taught as gospel. Sure. Pardon it. But it is not in the Bible. All right. And, and I want to talk about it a little bit because my guess is that there was something there. There's some reason yeah. that even the rumor uh-huh. or the, even the false idea uh-huh. surfaced. Uh-huh. Uh, it might not have to do with devout Jews. Uh-huh. Well, it might not have to do with it being correct at all. <laughs> Maybe racism was alive and well. Even well, yeah. You, you know what? That's us putting imbuing it with our personal feelings. I will, I'm going to give you the extra verses after we fix this. Showing you exactly the reason that the Bible says. Okay. So we don't have to do it any more of this yeah, okay. mythology. That's fine. I, I don't mind at all. And, and I and I think I know where we're going with it. And I'm. I know I'm you do because you're you're a very smart guy. Let's go. Let's go to the Book of Acts. Okay. Oh, I would love to. Do you like some of those questions? Or, uh, yes, I do. Um, you know. Look, look. Let me ask you a general question. Yes, a general. As a, 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 a Jewish uh, believer. Uh, uh, Looking at the New Testament, the life of Yeshua uh, in the Gospels and so on, uh, how do you, it seems like the book of Acts might even be, well, not more interesting, but as interesting because it has the, to do with the, what the, the beginning of the, the repercussions, the impact of the life of this Jewish rabbi, uh, his life and death and, you know, his, the resurrection is claimed and so on, uh, and his impact not only, of course, on Jerusalem and in, in Israel, but the, the 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 Roman world of the first century, that uh, as it just kind of spread like wildfire over the society of that era. Uh, do you find that it? it I, I'm kind of interested in from a from a Jewish perspective. It is a pretty remarkable series of events, right? I mean, it's 
Yes, it's. Uh, I can it was earth shaking in that I, era. I, I could not agree less. That it's remarkable. <laughs> Nothing short of not bad. That's very good. That's very good. Okay, well, anyway, let's go to the Book of Acts. Uh, you, book of Acts? Let's do your number two. I really kind of like that one. Okay. Would you like to read it or you want me to? After Jesus' resurrection, he taught the disciples for 40 days, then told them to stay in Jerusalem Jerusalem, until something happened, uh, a certain event that he had been announcing to them and talking to them about what is that event what, that they were to wait for in Jerusalem. you find the answer in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Okay. Uh, and I'd like to do your number 4, and if I may, uh, it, this is a second question from the book of Acts. Judas Iscariot had committed suicide, so the other disciples prayed and cast lots for his replacement. They threw dice, right? Is that the idea? It's, it's we kind can, of yeah, a... Yeah, we can do that, sure. All right. Um, and, uh, sir, I'm sorry, I lost my place there. Uh, oh, and they, for his replacement, who did they choose as an apostle uh, with the other? With the other 11. Uh, with the other 11. The right. remaining 11 and after, the after is Julius. In Acts one twenty six. And as a little bonus point, I have something I brought up with you earlier. Uh why in the world did they choose to cast lots? You know, we just read those. Oh, that's what they did. Well, every pagan society cast lots. Is it, was this a pagan custom that people picked, that the Jews picked up and the Christians got? Is that where it came from? Why did they cast lots? Of course, we're all familiar with that psalm that says they cast lots for his clothes. But how and why did that come into vogue? In yeah. fact, in the book of uh, Ruth, remember, Haman, what does he do? He's uh, a, mm-hmm. a descendant of Esau, and what does he do? He casts lots. In fact, the word Purim means lots. Pur- Purim means lots, yeah. a so, dice or whatever. So why in the world would they cast lots? Okay, so the two-part question you might say is, who do they pick? Acts one twenty-six, And why in the world would they cast lots? And when, do, when would the tradition change to drawing straws? Uh, right after the camel's back broke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe they drew straws first, maybe back in the times of Moses when they had to have straw for the making of bricks. Yes. Sir. Maybe they drew straws back then. They could. They could They could have done that. That certainly is a fascinating thought. And with some of the things that I hear taught, that would certainly be another reason to start teaching that theory. More or less on the same. <laughs> More or less on the same level, okay. All right, all right, we'll get away from that. Then, Okay, that is a good question, though. It, it is a little confusing when you all of a sudden you're talking about these very spiritual things and the replacing of the, the apostle and the 12 that, and how they, they ended up casting lots. And I, I'm kind of curious about that whole series of things because I'm wondering if they, do you think, that it looks to me a little bit like they chose one person mm-hmm. to replace uh, uh, um, Judas Iscariot. Uh-huh. And it, maybe in a sense, in a way, it looks like maybe God chose somebody else. Uh, I know what you're referring to, and I'm going to let you dance on that pen. <laughs> Don't leave me. Uh, no, no, no. I'm wondering okay, if... Okay, uh, let's get okay, some okay. calls in here and answer some of these. 340 what, what, what is the number I'm writing it down? Three, you're always writing it down, and you're a little slow on it. 340 
9585. That's the call in line for the quiz show here. If you'd like to answer any of these questions or take a shot at answering them, uh, give a thought about them, or maybe you can have your own question to ask us. We'd be glad to hear your question and and interact with you about it. Uh, We might not give the right answer, but we'll give at least a thought and uh, maybe would spur the thinking of some of our other listeners and they can call in and we can discuss what's on your mind as well. 340-9585. There is nobody on the phone right now, so if you want to give us a call, you can get oh, in early. we got a football game Quick, going on. Go I mean basketball. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not playing basketball. I'm here. No, so. I'm talking about on uh, Oh, I see. Uh, the rest of the world? The you mean this? The Spurs are playing. I didn't know I there was anything else John going on. the Apostle, not the bathroom, uh-huh. that it's uh, the Spurs are playing. Oh, that's what you meant by that. Okay, now I get it. Finally, I just, I'm just i a little slow on the uptake today. Here we go. Somebody uh, call in. From the books of the Psalms, Psalm 76 asserts that God is always in control of every situation, even to the point of using rebe- the rebellion of those who oppose him or reject him to for his own purposes, his own glory. What is this attribute of God called? Psalm 77 is a prayer to God. The primary pronoun in the beginning of the psalm is I. At the end of Psalm 77, the primary pronoun has changed to what? All right, give us an answer if you'd like. Uh, In the book of Proverbs, 12.10 states that the wicked are always cruel, but one characteristic of the godly is that they always take care of what or whom? And the answer is not the wicked. Uh, no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> what was the final capital of Israel, uh, the ten northern tribes? What was the final capital of Israel? Uh, and by Israel, we mean the ten northern tribes that had break, broken away from uh, uh, after the death of, um, of Solomon. Okay. And when Assyria conquered a nation, what did the Assyrians do uh, habitually? What was their custom? What did they do with the inhabitants? And in the times of Jesus, now we're moving forward to the New Testament times, devout Christians, uh, uh, devout Christians, devout Jews, uh, it says here, hated the Samaritans. Listen, I'm good with Christians. Let's run with that. <laughs> you like that better. Why was there this resentment toward the Samaritans? Find the answer in in Second uh, Kings 17.29. And let me see, just a couple more. After Jesus' resurrection, he taught the disciples for 40 days, then told them to stay in Jerusalem until what happened, what event. And then Judas Iscariot committed a suicide. Who did the, the apostles choose to replace? Judas Iscariot. We'll be back 340-9585. Offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. 
Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Mixed Rest Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to where we had got our oil done before, it took us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Join Barry Bass every weekday morning for the KSLR Morning Ministries, including Through the Bible, Renewing Your Mind, Truth for Life, and Focus on the Family. Weekdays from 6 to 10 on AM 630 KSLR and KSLR.com. Blessed is the man who walks in your favor, who loves all your words and hides them like treasure. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back. Thank you for joining us, the Bible Live Quiz Show, and we have put one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight questions out there on the uh, air for you to answer. If you'd like to give us a call, three four zero ninety five eighty five. We're checking our system. We're hoping they're not some technical problems going on tonight but if you give us a call we hopefully we can pick it up quickly and bring you right on to the radio our first caller just coming in right now let me get the microphone turned up and we'll go and visit with bernadette bernadette is on the line with us tonight thank you for calling we appreciate it good evening good evening to you how's your mother's day weekend go it's gone very nicely. Are you Thank a mother, you. Bernadette? A mother? Oh, yes, mother well, and grandmother. Well, happy Mother's Day to you. I hope you had a wonderful day and uh, were, able, were you able to connect a little bit with uh, the children, the grandchildren? Oh, oh yes, yeah, definitely. Oh, great, great, great. The, I would just like to assure the listening public that um, your friend there, Jacob, uh-huh. really does know that Paul is in the book of Esther and not the book of Ruth. Uh, that's right. I'd like to stand humbly corrected. And thank you for this opportunity to allow me to demonstrate my humility. I meant, and I should have said, Esther, 
Not the Brooklyn Oh, Nets. very mm-hmm. good. I yeah, and, and I know you knew that. Yeah, he knows that. He knows yeah, that. I just like to embarrass you from time to time. Oh, well, that's well, good. Well, it, well, it's it good for him, running Dad. It really yes, is. Yes, it is. I try myself, but I'm not as good at it. <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch that for sure. Well, do you want to answer one of our, some of our questions tonight? Maybe you can answer a couple of one or two of them for us. The, well, the Old Testament, I think I might be able to help you with. I've, I've never read Acts, so can't okay. help you there. Um it mentions in Kings 2.17, yes. it doesn't actually mention a, a city, but it does mention the country Samaria, if that's what you were talking about. It says that Elah was the reign in Samaria over Israel nine years. Yes. Well, okay. Samaria, that... is, is not Samaria not only a region, but also a, a city? No, it's a country. Samaria is a country. Well, well, or it okay. was. My turn to get back. Oh, okay. It was a country. <laughs> it was. Yes, it was a country. Thank you. But wasn't the uh, capital city also called the city of Samaria or not? Not that I'm aware of. Not that I've ever heard. Well, that is very interesting to me. I've had that idea in my mind for the longest time that the capital city was also called Samaria. Well, then what, what, what would you say is the final... A capital city of the northern, the ten tribes of the north. I guess we refer to them as Israel. What was the prime, the capital or central uh, governmental seat of of that country? It's the northern kingdom. That I don't know. That I don't know. All right. No, and and it actually was me that uh, Jacob was quoting earlier. Do you know but Jacob? God, God uh, doesn't no, sir, lose, don't know. lose anything. Yeah, I, that's not something we've talked about, I don't think. Okay, all right. Um, oh, and the the song that you talked about, it goes from I to thou. Yes, talking about God, uh, which yes. is a, an interesting progression as we start out being self-centered, I, I, and the prayer moves to being God-centered, you know, talking about you, thou, you are this, you, and uh of course, I don't know. Maybe you could make a little sermonette out of that, uh, or a little sermon that that, that our prayers shouldn't. Be. Well, yeah, it's all right to talk about ourselves, but uh, that as we pray and we find, as God meets us and we come in, it seems like there's an automatic progression that will move to our our attention will turn not to us and our problems, but to God and His greatness, His goodness, uh, and uh, which is. We're well on the way toward a solution, if that happens, I would suppose. Uh, but anyway, that's the, you got it exactly right. That was the intention of the question, at least, to uh, give that idea about Psalm 77. It changed from I to you or to thou, referring mm-hmm. to God himself. So answer both of those questions. Thank you very much, Bernadette. Any, any other there that you could answer for us? Oh, no. We've got lots of questions. So. Yes, no, I think you've gone on to the New Testament then, and Jacob has encouraged me to read a little bit here and there, so I've at least had a, a glance at it, uh-huh. but I can't say that I've I've read much of uh-huh. it. So. Well, let me ask you this. Well, there is one there that I, I find interesting, and it's this one from the Proverbs, uh, and I find it interesting because of the times in which we live, much is made of this particular quality. Proverbs 12.10, Bernadette, says that the wicked are always cruel, but one characteristic of the godly is that they take care of... Do you happen to have that passage at hand there? Say 12.10? Uh-huh. Let's see. What is yours? 12. I'm looking. 12.10. A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. 
Okay, the, the wicked are always cruel, but the righteous takes care of his animals. He, oh, interesting. Isn't yeah. that something to, to th- I mean, especially in this era of you know animal rights, and there is yeah. a great deal of, of attention given now to taking care of the, you know, the ASPCA and the yeah. uh, prevention. Well, in, in Leviticus, when it goes over the laws, it says, I'm sure Jacob knows this, that before you eat yourself, you're supposed to feed your animals. Whoa, now that's very interesting. I wouldn't mind knowing where that is in Leviticus, if you happen to know. No, I bet Jacob does, though. I bet he does. Jacob? It's in Kisoshim. Kisoshim? Yeah, Yeah, that's the name of a section. Oh, It's the laws of righteousness. Exactly. All right. All right. Before you go to eat, you have to make sure your animals are fed. Well, I know I have a real good friend that loves the Lord and has been a friend a long, long time. Uh, In fact, it was my first girlfriend way back in high school, 10,000 years ago, Mm -hmm. before the earth's crust hardened. And a a sweet young lady. Now, of course, we're both much older. But uh, she is a tremendous, um, I guess what you call an animal lover. She uh, is very much into being kind to and taking care of animals and strays and so on. Always was a very sweet-spirited person. And uh, I think she would really find that interesting from both... uh, uh, this passage in the Proverbs and what you're saying in the book of Leviticus, that we are to take care of the before we eat, we're to make sure they they exactly eat. before we eat. How about which tend to the animals? Isn't that interesting? Well, you've given us a lot of f- food for thought, I guess. Food for thought, yes. No pun intended there. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, Bernadette, good. for calling. You're here. welcome. Appreciate you, hearing it from you. Well, you can do the same thing, uh, Bernadette. Bring several ideas, answering some of our questions for us, which is always. Uh, Interesting to get the answers to these questions. Maybe you're out there listening, and and uh, it's always satisfying to get the answer in the end. Although she did correct me on this one area of the capital city of the northern tribes, I was always, and I'm not. Uh, I mean, I'm not totally convinced. Uh, Bernadette has been a good listener and an informed, uh, intelligent listener, so I'm I'm kind of shaken in my idea that this that there was a city of Samaria as well as a region called Samaria. I thought that there was a city, and it w- was considered the kind of the, the governmental capital of the northern tribes, a place where the king lived. But, of course, Ahab and Jezebel... I have the answer. Oh, you do, really? Yes. Thank you very much, Jacob. That's nice oh, of you listen, to do that they, they wrote it down for me so I could look it up. All right, that's great. Okay. What is the answer? Uh, the last. Well, after the last king, your question was about the last king ruled from uh, Samaria. Uh-huh. And he, they were deported to more than one city. They were to Halach, Habor, Gozan, and Midia. Are these cities up in Assyria? Yes. Okay, these are the, the cities they were uh, exiled to. Yes. They were taken uh-huh. north. But uh-huh. I'm wondering, what was the capital city of the ten tribes down in Samaria? Well, let's see. What and city? I know wasn't... Uh, I, I, my understanding is that there were several cities that kind of took on a... Uh, that became important cities or the kind of the central government city moved around maybe with the kings of of, of um, Israel, but that the final capital was the city of Samaria, which Bernadette just said that Samaria was not a city, it was an actual region or country uh, within the in the northern um, in, 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 within Israel or some maybe something like that. Well, it would appear so. to me from what I'm reading that uh, Helach is uh, 
just north of Nineveh, yeah. which was considered like the capital of Assyria. So if that's where they're at, that's where they're at. Yeah, okay. Well, um, you're talking about the cities in Assyria, I, which I always... Um, of course, there's something very interesting about that entire phenomenon of... Uh, it has to do with the geographic location of Israel. And we've talked about this before. Why was that little piece of real estate, why was that little country placed in, in strate- strategically chosen, clearly, by God, the God of the Scriptures, and it was right in the middle of the, uh, over a period of what, a few, many hundred years, maybe a couple of thousand years, it was right in the middle of everything. Uh, when Egypt was the great power of the world in the south, then it moved to Aram up in the north, and 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 then it moved over to Assyria there with, uh, and then over to Babylon and back to the Medo Persians and you know the, the the capital cities of Damascus and then Nineveh and over to Babylon, and so there was Israel right in the middle, constantly in the middle of this as these empires rose and fell over this long period of time, and it, and it, it's always been. Extremely interesting to me how this little monotheistic country was located so strategically to figure into the history of the world uh, as it developed and as it wrote, you know, moved to these great empires, rose and fell all around them. And I, some ways I've, th- I've thought it just can't be an accident. I mean, it's just amazing that this little, this little country right in the middle kept being the focal point of, of uh, changes. And, of course, that's much of what we read about in the Old Testament, the, the times of the kings, first and second kings, is well, uh, how like, they dealt with yeah, all these I, changes. I would like to go one step, let's call it the, theosophy or theologically deeper than that, if I may. Okay. I would say that this is the land that God said, this land is mine, this is holy. So if it's holy, um, then... That piece of land becomes the controversy because everybody wants to own the God's land, God's holy land. Huh, interesting. That's and by holy, holy we mean, <coughs> the word holy means set aside, yeah, uh-huh. uh, set aside particular for purposes of God. Uh-huh. And uh, it seems very obvious and clear that that, that was, uh, whether we believe that it was God who did it, but it did turn out to be set aside for a unique purpose, and they did... They did serve. They sat there in the middle of those, uh, as the empires swirled around them, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the military and the political uh, groups rose and fell. Mm-hmm. They remained consistent, constant in the middle of it, taking the brunt of the uh, a lot of the downside, a lot of the difficulties that came with that, but also being this constant influence for the true and living God, for the one true God, for Jehovah. Uh, it's in which is what God intended, evidently, by having them in that position. Uh, it was a place, a calling, really, not only on the land, but on the people, that they would be there to represent the Well, this is the why the Jews, God. if I may say, would get in trouble. We read stories about some bad, 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 may I say, bad Jews that didn't do good. We got all the bad kings, some of the bad stories, right? Uh-huh, right. Well, what is that, that that makes them so bad? It's they did not follow God's commandments in that land. In other words, I would suggest this, that God is saying, look, this is my piece of holy land set aside. It's my little territory. And if you're going to reside here, you must be holy because the land is holy. If you don't, then you cannot reside here. So... That piece of land, because when they were taken out of Egypt, they weren't taken to New Jersey. God wanted them to go there. 
Right. And he said, now these are my laws to live there. And so, sadly, they didn't always do that. And when they didn't, in fact, I want to tell you something. In fact, what you've got picked tonight is the most, is very interesting stuff. Yeah, it, it, it is the Sennacherib and the... the not only the destruction of the ten northern tribes as they were taken away well, let me just into exile, you, but let me just read something from uh, your chapter seventeen, verse mm. number seven. Okay, this is why were the Israelis mm. deported, and this is a quote: "This happened because the Israelis had sinned against God, their Lord, who had freed them from the land of Egypt, from the land of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and they worshipped other gods." So this little piece of land, in fact, it was clearly understood even by the Assyrians that, that they thought the God of Israel was the God of that particular land. Later on, what happens is they say, okay, let's take, uh, we'll send a priest back there to teach the uh, Sumerians that we put right, there right. how to live on this land because the God of that land doesn't like what's going on there. So we're going to teach how to worship him. So they had to construed, even the Assyrians, that it was simply a God of that land. I know we got calls. Why Let's go, go talk to Thomas. Thomas, bringing him in to our discussion tonight. We're talking about the uh, the book of Second Kings, Thomas, chapters twelve through twenty-five tonight, and also we read the first four, oh, first three chapters, to be honest. There, not the entire book, uh, not the entire fourth chapter of the book of Acts in the New Testament. Thank you for joining us, Thomas. We appreciate you calling in. Do you, you want to answer a question or two for us, or you have your own question or thoughts? What would you like to do? No, I just want to say the capital of the northern kingdom was Shechem. The one of the capital cities of the, or, or the capital of the northern tribes uh, called uh, Israel was... A, yeah, but there were ten tribes in the north? Yes. For Job one went? Yes. He built uh, Shechem uh, in his capital. Did you say Shechem? Yes. Yes. Now, that is, at least in my understanding, it was the early capital. Uh, like I say, during the period of their existence, from the time... Let me see. When did they... Uh, when, when did... Let me see. Uh, uh, Solomon was deposed, and the kingdom split in... Um, uh, was well, his son, his son was born with an ex-king, and his son didn't want to do it change anything that his father has done. Right. So Jeroboam and his people in the northern kingdom, the ten tribes separated, and they, they established the capital over there. And, and Jeroboam started worshiping his own kind of worship so that the people over there would not come to Jerusalem to worship the, the way the, the, the two tribes that were left. And if I remember correctly, that happened somewhere around ten... 1050 BC. Right, that's approximately the, 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 the division that between. And so, from that point, the first capital, I believe, was Shechem. Uh, but then the capital city in the northern tribes seemed to move around. And perhaps it moved with uh, the different kings that they had uh, during the period of, from about 1050 to um, when was it 722? So that's why yeah. about 300 years. And so it seemed to move around. And my question was, what was the the final or the the last capital city of the north and 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 uh, uh, um, oh our, our last caller I'm so Bernadette called in to say that that she didn't think it was Samaria this is what I thought that was the city of Samaria because Samaria was more of a region and my th- understanding yeah. was a region but also it was a there was a city called Samaria and I yeah, and, and in the book of Acts but anyway Jesus went, went to talk to the lady. 
Say again? Jesus went to talk to a lady at the well in Samaria. That was true. That was a region up in the, and that was yeah. just outside the little town of uh, uh, Sikar. S-Y-C-H-A-R. So there was a small little village that the uh-huh. woman was from. But, yeah, the region was uh, the Samaritan oh, wait region. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He did talk to her at the well, but there's a reason that was called being called Samaria. That was Israel. Okay. Because as far as I yeah. know. Oh, sure, yeah. As far as I know, uh, Jesus never left the boundaries of Israel. All right. Well, he did cross over to the east side of the Jordan, right? Uh, that was Israel. And that was Israel. <laughs> he, he, he's an, an excellent. He's a, uh, what's an expert on the the boundaries of Israel. I won't. I won't. I won't dispute that at all. Well, very good. That's a. It is an interesting uh, perspective and a, an idea you give us. Let, let me. Can you answer one of our questions as well, or do you, would you like to? Well, let me see what it is. Uh, here is one. <clears throat> Maybe you could explain to us, in your understanding at least, why there seemed to be some kind of a a breach of. Uh, so, um, there was a dislike, at least, that might exist between the Jews uh, in the times of Jesus. The Jewish people in general, and the people of Samaria. This, uh, you know, kind of. It looked like at times they walked around on the east side of the Jordan to avoid going through Samaria, and so on. Oh, and some of the uh, parables that Jesus tells, uh, the main, the hero of the parables, was uh, a Samaritan man. You know, the good Samaritan or someone. Yeah. And it always kind of threw people for a loop because it seemed like there was a little bit of a distrust or dislike. Uh, for the people in the north, and uh, at least that's the kind of the that's how we've gotten it over the years as Gentiles. We kind of gotten the idea that there's some kind of a problem between them. Uh, maybe you could explain why would there be this this dislike or this uh, suspicion between the um, the Jews up or, or the people in the in Samaria of the north, or and and those who were down in Judah down in the south. Why was there a rupture? Why was there a, a wall between them? Because uh, supposedly they weren't pure Jews anymore. They would have, have Jews. Okay, so there was some uh, little bit of a little, a little uh, ethnicity battle, a little racism. Yeah, you know? yeah. Okay, now here's where we're going to draw okay, the line, Jacob. and we're going to fix this once and for all. <laughs> all right. In all Christian churches, that is unfortunately, that is not in the Bible, and I don't know why, but I know this. We're going to look at the actual text itself. And it's not going to say anything even close to that. Okay. And then what makes me wonder, and I'm going to be very candid with you, Thomas and Soapy, I do not understand if the Bible does not say that. Even the verse that's quoted as a reference, supposedly 2 Kings 17.29, does not say that. Now, if it does not say that, and yet that term and that prejudice is taught consistently, I must say... In America, we have a term for that, and that term is a lie. Okay. Yeah. And so we're, waiting, I, we're waiting to hear from okay. you, Jacob. All right. Okay, let me read it to you. There is nothing whatsoever, whatsoever, about the Jews being such a rank people that they were mad at Sumerians because they were a mixed-race people. That is total slanderous 
made-up mythology. I, there was none of that? None. Even among maybe wicked or, or wrong-thinking Jewish well, okay. people? Okay, is there any Christians that, that, that sure. hate black people? Sure. Okay, so let's get the possibilities of the fringes out of the way, and let's talk about what the Bible says. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, I learned that in, in Bible school. Like I'm not in the Bible. And Thomas, I 100% believe you, and that's why I told Soapy tonight, look, we're going to fix this. I believe the time has come to stop saying things that are not true and teaching it for religion. Okay. This Now, the verse is, quote, is quoted, and indeed the question says it's because they were mixed race and mixed religions, etc. 1729. May I read 1729? Okay. And then I'm going to give you the real answer. It occurs just a few verses after that. Okay. Are you ready, Thomas? We're ready. Yes. <clears throat> this is supposedly the one that makes reference to a mixed race being the reason, which is just slander. And quite frankly, I must say, I think it's meant to say, see, the Jews are bad. They're prejudiced. They didn't like people. And that because it's not in the Bible, it's not anywhere. And I'm going to give it to you. First, I'll read 1729. However... Each people, the Samaritans, made their own gods, placed them in the temple of altars, which the residents of Samaria had made, each nationality in their own towns where they lived. They were distorting and bringing in pagan religion. It had to do with the religion, their altars, and that kind of thing. It had nothing to do with the people. Listen, even King David, one of his most faithful men, was a Hittite. <laughs> You're right. right. That's true. They had no issues with people's nationality or race. And anybody that teaches that, and I wish somebody would challenge me on this, mm -hmm. anybody that teaches that is absolutely teaching prejudice and hate against Jews. Well, because, let, no, let me, I'm, not, I'm not done. I'm going to read this other okay, thing. Okay. This thing has pulled my chain. I've drawn the line. This is <laughs> enough right. of this. Let's it, hear it. Tonight it comes to an end. All right. This is what it says. Uh, um, it says, 32, just a few verses later. You still there, Thomas? Yes. I'll read it to you. It's Second Kings seventeen thirty-two. They're talking about the Samaritans. They worship God, but they appointed priests for their local altars and among themselves to perform their rites in their temple of altars. They worship God and serve their gods, following the practices of the nations from which they had been deported from. Thirty-four. To this day, they follow their earlier practices. They do not worship God, nor follow the laws, the customs, the Torah, the commandments of which God had commanded the children of Jacob, whose name he changed to Israel, and with whom he had made a covenant commanding them, do not fear other gods, do not bow down to them, do not worship them, do not sacrifice to them, but only to God. Now, I want to tell you, Thomas... I know you're 100% being honest. I know that's being taught. And Topi's been, Soapy has been so honest that he says he's heard it. And I've heard it too. And even the verses, nowhere does it say that. And I want to tell no. Thomas, 100%, if it does not say that, and somebody stands up, and I don't care who the pastor is, and teaches that, they're teaching something that's not in the Bible. I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. And if it is true. That, my question comes up, why is it necessary to tell something that's not true and defame people for being racist and all that when it's not in there? Let, let's make sure I understand what you're saying. You're saying there was no tension. Oh, come on. No. Come on. There was no. Sure, there might have been a guy who lived on the second no, house no, no, on the no, third no, no, street. No, 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 no. I'm talking about broader, uh, broad-based tension between the um, Jews in the south, the Judah, uh -huh. and the, the, who I guess traditionally or, or historically 
were more true to the Ten Commandments, to the Torah, to the worship of the true and living God. Wasn't the, wasn't the point of the passage you just read that the the kings in the north they they compromised their commitment to God? And no, I'm talking as the Sumerians I'm reading about. They brought in their own religion, as you read in the earlier. Okay, question, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, what you brought in the earlier question when Assyria conquered some people, their idea was to switch the peoples. They took the uh, ten tribes, right. they put them in what was called oh. Samaria. So you're they saying the Samaritans? The, were, they, what's that? You're saying that the the Samaritans weren't Jews. No, they're not. They have their own separate religion. Ah, they, okay. they killed children. I they were it. doing pagan rituals. They no. took all, They tore down all the stuff that God had said, build here, build that, and they built their own stuff. But there was that an attempt. The why there was a there was an attempt to Jehovahize them, right? I mean, to to cause them to follow after Jehovah, but they 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 weren't true to that. They. Right, there was an attempt to teach. Well, them. let's 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 I tell you what, instead of us speculating, let's read what it says. Uh, I, I, we just read it, right? Okay, I'm well, looking at another it. verse and answer what you just said. Oh, oh, oh shoot! Please stay with us. Uh, we'd love to talk a little further with you. Don't go away. Um, Thomas, Thomas, please don't go away. We'll be right back after these brief messages from our sponsors. And we'll try to get a little bit more to the bottom of this. I want you to think about the Gospel of John as well, Jacob. The Gospel of John, the Samaritan woman, evidently. Now, it is a a text that has put a little bit in doubt. But the Samaritan woman says, uh, the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. He said, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me? So there seemed to be some little tension there. Let's talk about it further when we come back. Okay. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Thanking uh, Thomas for staying on the line with us through the commercial break. We're, we're having a great discussion here about this. And I, Poor Thomas. Thomas, I'm not upset with you. You understand that, right? Well, yes, yes. He understands. I, what I and, am uh, going to do is I'm going to stick to what it says, and I want to be right up front and say there are horrible things in there like Manasseh, one of the kings of Israel. And I'm willing to accept that because 100% it says that. But I no longer will be willing to go along with the, this idea of systematic say. racism uh, and I so on. Not, I, I well, it, it's uh, it is there. I think there is this general idea, and I've heard it preached uh, pros- most of my life, uh, and it kind of has in me that probably there. And I think what Jacob is saying is that there could be, of course, isolated individuals who had uh, who had just as today there are whether Christians or Jews, or there are people who have. Uh, faults in in racism and uh, in all in, in all different groups. So there's not a problem. But uh, across the board, uh, the Jewish people, there was not this blanket racism against the people of Samaria. And in fact, he's talked about the. It would be against the the Torah. It would be against the Levitical law. And for I can them give to you one quick, meaningful example. When they left Egypt, 
And it makes reference, we just read it a minute ago, when they left Egypt, they started worshiping other gods. When they left Egypt, we all know that it says in Exodus chapter 12, there was a mixed multitude. Mm -hmm. Now, they were identified as a mixed multitude leaving Egypt, and when they got to Mount Sinai. But when the laws were given, and I want to point out they were given outside the physical boundaries of Israel, there's a reason for that, Uh because it means it doesn't just apply in Israel, it applies around the world to everybody. And... When they got there, after Mount Sinai, guess what? The mixed multitude, so-called, is never identified again. And when they get to Israel and the allocations of the land among the 12 tribes is given, it's given equally to them, too. As part of the people of Israel. Exactly exactly. so. So there is no exclusion. The exclusion is idols, killing children, uh, that type of thing. That's horrible stuff. That's what's And that was to be rejected. And tell tell me you. As a Christian man, a Baptist preacher, mm-hmm. do you like somebody that kidnaps and tortures and kills children? Oh, of course Whether not. Whether it's for yeah. a religious purpose or not? Of course you right. don't. Of course not. Well, let me let me get uh, Thomas. You, you, you've listened patiently, and you're kind of taking on some ideas here that may be kind of new to us, I, I guess. To, uh, what is your general perception and your as you think about this? Is there a little bit of um, giving you... Reason to, to maybe think about it or look the passages up. What, what is your, kind of your response, Thomas? Mm-hmm. I think uh, when when I read the Bible and, and I read verses like that, like in the Kings, when I start thinking about what what happens, that causes to 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 me it was just the ten tribes that punished them. And separated them and moved them away from the two tribes that were left. And when they were moved out, eventually they were going to get dispersed around the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, ten moved on those two tribes, on the ten tribes. And uh, I was just thinking right now, the people in Israel right now, are they part of the ten, the twelve tribes, or part of the, the two tribes they stayed behind? Well, That's kind of interesting to me. Judah and Benjamin, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and and Thomas is right. There was we all know it about the diaspora where they're spread, dispersed throughout the world. Uh, there's probably uh, the Jews probably have a certain reason for that. But aside from that, the correctness of that is Thomas is right about. But here's uh, they did see the Messiah. The Messiah, one of the tenets of being a mes- the Messiah, must yeah. be that he leads all the tribes back to Israel. Now, did Jesus do that? And if we read it in all fairness, mm-hmm. in the New Testament, it would appear it's saying that. Why? Because remember, he goes down to Egypt. He comes back on the same road. By the way, the, and that is explained in the book of Jeremiah. And what that says is that they were led away on a road. They'll be led back on the same road. And they pass what? Yes, you guessed it. The the tomb of? The tomb of Abraham? Of no. Rachel. Of Rachel, okay. And it says That's right. Rachel's weeping. weeping, weeping Why yes. is she re- weeping? Mm-hmm. Because her children were left away, led away in slavery down that particular mm-hmm. road. The idea is, and the reason that's in the New Testament is they're trying to say in, in the... Jesus fulfilled Jesus that. Jesus fulfilled that by showing the way back on that road for all the Coming tribes. back from so Egypt. So we yes. know this for sure. All the tribes will be led back by the Messiah. And, and, and that's 
maybe part of what's going on in our day, right? In the well, time yeah. in which we live. It could be. Sure. It doesn't say how long it's going to take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All so, right. Well, well, Thomas, from, I appreciate you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, from, from, uh, in the book of James, you know, he talks about uh, James, the servant of God, and the Lord Jesus Christ said, disperse to all those that are dispersed around the world. So he's talking about the Jews that are being scattered around the world. Jesus right. is drawing them back. With with Paul's preaching and with James' preaching, so I think that's uh, the main thing that Jesus did. One of the things that he did, he he, he just started bringing everybody together and uh, bringing the, the twelve tribes together. I, I for the first time I'm beginning to examine. I've not ever pondered that particular idea of what the Messiah does. Uh, Jacob was kind of bringing that to my attention, but it does look like it fits in the pattern of what God is what. Messiah has done. If Jesus, yeah. uh, as we think of it, is that long-awaited, promised, and predicted Messiah. It looks like he did indeed fulfill that particular requirement. That would be a, uh, I mean, it's a beautiful truth, really very encouraging to yeah. us. Well, thanks, Thomas. Appreciate you calling. Okay, Good to yeah, talk to you. Thank you, you Thomas. And please don't feel like I was scolding you. I did not mean it that way. <laughs> no, 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 no. He doesn't take it that way. I'm sure of it, Jacob. You couldn't be a nicer guy. You just kind of... Hey, I'm a teddy bear. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you uh, you, you were a little bit intense on that. You, This is something that's kind of been burning on you for a long time. Well, it's, what bothers me is what <clears throat> if I... We're to go to a Jewish temple, a Jewish synagogue, and said, Hey, guess what, guys? I know it's not in the Bible, but you know why Christians don't like other people? Because they're mixed race. They're not pure Christians. Oh, my And you, now, you see how inflammatory yeah, 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 that would be? Yeah, yeah. And anybody would be justified in saying to me, You're making that up. That's not in the Bible. Well, I think, I, I think that uh, we... We we uh, I don't know I don't know if you'd use the phrase we fall prey to that idea or not would would that wouldn't be that's one thing that's always bothered me a little bit about the the Old Testament the Hebrew Scriptures if you read it incorrectly there in in the modern version in the English versions we have it does come off quite often as being very very ethnocentric. And you get this kind of idea that, wow, this is all race-centered. This is all about race. This is all about DNA. This is, and it really isn't. I know that it is not. But I think that's one of the dangers, I think, uh, that we have to get past in reading the Scriptures. And, and, and I think what you're sharing with us from the Levitical law and, uh, law and so on really helps us to understand that is not part and parcel of the entire idea and I, and I appreciate was, was it never so racist or never and Sophie I, I want to thank you because you tolerated my my stern stance on that uh-huh. and oh, I, sure. and I appreciate that but I think the time has come I, you know I attended as an audience member of the National Day of Prayer and when I stood there sure. I was struck by the thought the time has come no matter good or bad whether you like it or not somebody that's wedded to the truth must tell the truth no matter what Exactly right, and that's and you are you're quick to do that. Just so you got this real quick, I want to mention something to you. You mentioned uh, the woman of Samaria, so called. Uh huh. The Samaritan woman in John chapter four. Uh, Well, listen, and and in most Bibles, it'll translate it like this. I'll I'll read to you. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, "How is it you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink?" Since I am a Samaritan woman, and ask him for things because Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Now, let me give you what it really says from the Greek. Good. Stand back, people. Put your seatbelt on. <laughs> and I, but I will be very kind and polite. This is what it says. 
It says, uh, a Jew, it says, the, it means that the Jews, if this is from the Greek, uh-huh. uh, do not use our dishes and vessels because they are unclean. In other words, they're not kosher. And so she would be naturally asking, right. why would you ask exactly. me for a drink from now, this? Now, what I don't understand, why is that changed in English to saying no have no doings? That seems, I'm going to say this is going to come across rather harsh. I don't want it to, but it's going to be that way. It seems like somebody wants to say no doings means we don't associate with you guys when it's actually talking about the vessels and cups they use. Now, why is that? Mm, I don't know. Well, I don't we know. can guess. I don't know, but the accuracy is there. That is, uh, in, in fact, that particular phrase doesn't appear in some earlier manuscripts right. either. The, the phrase about and, the And I've got the Greek right utensils, in front of me. Uh, doesn't appear in some of the earlier versions. But there is, I, I think you will, remember, Jacob, we've talked about this before. We Gentiles, we don't have all this background, all the law, all the Levitical law. We just read it, what it says, and when we do read it kind of superficially, just what black on white, what it says, there are some passages that do tend to kind of think, that, well, there was some tension there between well, I don't those think, people listen, up there. and, and Soapy, in all fairness, there had to be tension, because when, if you ground up a group of people from... I don't care, wherever, Australia, New Zealand, Nicaragua, wherever, (laughs) and you transport them and you put them in in another piece of land, you pick up the people that are living there and move them to another plant, because that's what the Syrians did. They moved the the Israelis to to Samaria. Uh They picked up the Samarians, moved them to Israel. Of course there's going to be distrust and dislike. Of course. But that's not what the Bible says. Because, the Bible said it? it's because yeah. of the pagan religion. Yeah. And their pagan religion, if you ever even want to Google it, it is horrible. Yeah, it was. It was. It, uh, uh, full of perversion and full of uh, cruelty beyond even our comprehension. So, no, that, that, that's that's historically accurate. And uh, But I, I'm just, I guess I'm trying to kind of defend the indefensible. And that uh, that's why sometimes we pick up on those and we it tends to say, well, there was something there. Jesus tells these parables and makes the makes the hero of the parable be a Samaritan and so on. And it seems like there there was something there that uh, that was maybe existing. But uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate have, what you I would saying. have no objection if Very a much. pastor or somebody said what you just said. Seems like there must have been something there. I can live with that. But when you say that's the reason and it's not yeah. in the Bible, at least be honest. If not, one thing i got to say, even among the Orthodox rabbis, they will tell you straight up, this is not Bible. Uh, yeah. This is what uh, my opinion is. Yeah, yeah. But it was not systemic. It was not part of the the idea that it was correct to be that to feel that way. Yeah. Let's go and visit. Uh, we've got another caller on, on line the line. Two. I believe her name is Tammy. Tammy is calling in. Hi, Tammy. Tammy, I hope you're on the Tammy, line. Tammy, are you there? Are you there with us, Tammy? Line two. You hit All the right. Did I hit the right button? I think I did. Uh, John, did he right. hit the right I, button? I'll keep her on there for a moment. Maybe Tammy will come back to her phone and she can join us. Uh, I'll keep it up there a little bit in this case. Tammy joins. If not, she can call back, 340-9585. We've got a good amount of time to hear her um, comment if she'd like to call us. 340-9585. We'd love to hear from Tammy. I'm sure she had uh, some idea, was getting stirred up in her mind, maybe uh, some thought that she could uh, add a, some some light. We have enough heat. We don't need any more heat. We just need uh. some light, right, added to this conversation. Well, let's see here. We've got... Um, um, we've a number of our questions have been answered. Listen, let me ask a couple of questions from the Book of Acts. 
this is very important to me uh, in uh, that we understand this whole idea of the Holy Spirit. Uh, after Jesus' rex- resurrection, he taught the disciples for 40 days, then told them to stay in Jerusalem until what happened. And we're told then that the Father sent the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, which is 50 days after Passover. Uh, Pentecost means 50 days. And so uh, I know, Jacob, you have some thoughts about that, the 50 days right. coming after Passover and the, the coming of the Holy Spirit. But my I want to say just a quick word about this idea of the Father sending the Holy Spirit or the coming of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit, as we've come to understand, is God, Mm -hmm. then God the Holy Spirit has been here always. He's everywhere present at all times. God is omnipresent. So it's not like the Holy Spirit visited planet Earth for the first time. That's not... That's not the point that is being make when you, made when you talk about the coming of the Holy Spirit. This was the introduction, as I understand it, I think better understand it, a new era. This is a, a new era, a time uh, that is entering in, a new way, God dealing with his people. And, and now from this point on, because Jesus the Messiah had fulfilled his role, now you have to realize that Jesus in his role of the Messiah uh, was was had to be the perfect man of faith, trusting and obeying the Father uh, perfectly. And then he who knew no sin became sin for us. He was a true man of faith, of total faith and trust and obedience to the Father. And then he who knew no sin became sin for us, the atonement lamb, the idea of him taking upon himself the punishment of our sin so that we could be forgiven and cleansed and restored to that relationship with God. And then we have this idea. In that role, Jesus was also the prototype of the 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 believer the new race of the redeemed the, the firstborn of the twiceborn if you want to think of it in that way jesus then became in, in real time and space and history the firstborn of the redeemed the those who will be with the father forever and and born again spiritually restored and new and and he because he was successful in carrying out his role as messiah then the same thing that was true of him who was filled with the Holy Spirit from the time of his conception. Remember that John the Baptist, uh, when Elizabeth, his mother, went to visit Mary, uh, he said that John the Baptist le- leaped in her womb because uh, of the presence of the Messiah. There were, Jesus was, from the time of conception, was controlled and, and, and filled, controlled and empowered, uh, and guided by the Holy Spirit. And he stayed under the yoke of faith and trust and obedience to the Spirit, and, and that was part of his role. But because he successfully did it, now the the whole game has been changed in a sense that now every believer, everyone who truly follows after God, loves the Lord, uh, and by faith and trust in Jesus the Messiah, comes into that relationship with God, becomes restored to that. Every believer now becomes the receptacle, becomes uh, one. The Holy Spirit now comes to abide and walk with us, to escort us to glory, to uh, to be our divine wingman, to put it in, in Air Force parlance. He's the one who comes along to walk and escort you and me to glory. He supervises the, the transformation.
transformation process of our life, the sanctification of our life. He walks with us now faithfully all through this life on planet Earth, changing us, teaching us, transforming us, as Jesus said, leading us into all truth and so on and so on. And he guides us. And now that is true of every believer. So that is what started at Pentecost. It was not the coming in sense of location, the Holy Spirit coming to planet Earth for the first time. He's always been here. He's involved in the creation of the world, we're told in Genesis 1-2. Uh, the, the, the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. But it's this new arrangement, this new uh, relationship the Spirit now enjoys with his people that he walks with us, indwelling us, uh, guiding us, teaching us, supervising, overseeing the process of, of a transformation of our life to, to, to the, changing our character to be like Christ himself, to be like the Messiah. So I wanted that to straighten that out because uh, sometimes we think of the coming of the Holy Spirit, we think maybe he just came to earth for the first time, and that's yeah. not what we're looking at. I uh, think we have a listener, right? Uh, it's uh, line one. A line one. I am so sorry. I hope I didn't get carried away there and, and talk too long that Tammy didn't stay on the line with us. Are you there, Tammy? Yes, oh, I'm back thank again. Thank you so much. I, I was trying not to be too long-winded there, but I, it's something I've wanted to talk about, this idea of the coming of the Holy Spirit. But I think you're a Triple Crown winner. What's on your mind tonight, Tammy? What 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 were you thinking about? Are you well, still thinking about the issue of the Samaritans? Of um, well, a couple things. Um, you were talking about Jesus bringing back all the tribes, and I'm, I'm going to differ with you that they have not returned yet. Um, it says that God scattered them to the, the four corners of the earth. First he sent them to Assyria, then he sent them to Europe, then he sent them to the ends of the earth, America. And we're in the uh, we're process the of, of the <laughs> Okay. We are the ends of the earth. Well, if you look at it from biblical times, we are the ends of the earth. Yeah. No, don't, get, so, don't worry. I'm not. Uh, it, just, it just sounded so, funny. <laughs> So, so God is in the process of bringing people back, even as we speak. There's a, I mean, there has been a great return. Uh, it's called Aliyah, when when Jews return to the country of Israel, back to the to the motherland, and um, they're coming from all over Europe. They're coming from Ukraine. They're coming from France. They're coming from Germany, from Russia, from Poland. Right. Well, all over, more so now than in any time in history. So I'm I'm going to differ with you, but but that I don't think that happened at the time of Jesus. In fact, there's a there's a an organization, and I guess I'll toot their horn for them. about wings, right? It's called it's, it's called um, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, uh-huh, yes. and it's set up by a by a by a Jewish rabbi in conjunction working with Christians to help bring people back to the land. And, yes, uh-huh. it, he does have a thing that's called On Wings of Eagles. There you go. And that's the prophecy in Isaiah, uh, I, I believe, that, that says he will bring them back. Yes. I think that's happening in this in this very day and in time. This era. And, and that's what I really meant, Tammy, I, and I'm not trying to just kind of defend myself here, but that's what I meant by I wasn't talking about Jesus completed the task in his time and his era. But I, I, I still think we're in the era of the Messiah and that that because of Christ is it, you know, the in gathering of Gentiles to in 
you know, we were being grafted into the nation of Israel and so on. But as a result of Messiah's work and ministry, this is happening even today as we live, which is still, in my, I guess in my mind I was thinking, this still is the time in the era of Messiah. Part of, would be contributed attributed to part of his influence, part of his work is that the and bringing I, and, back and of the I, people I of Israel. I got to say, uh, Sophie, that... Uh, uh, I, of course, obviously, Tammy's correct, and what you're saying, I think, is also correct. There, it doesn't give a length of time when, how long that takes to bring them all back. That, right. That's that's certainly agreeable because that is there. And, and are we included in that? The, the uh, of course, the ones who are grafted in. Or are we going to wind up in Israel as well? I, my proof text. My proof text is: you came out of Mitzrayim, Egypt. You were grafted in. There's a reason the laws are given outside of Israel. So the people know this does not just apply to Israel. Okay, so ultimately we're all... Well, it does in a sense because we've been grafted into well, Israel. Well, right? yeah, okay. I, I, in that sense, you win that one. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, great. Well, well I, I've always wanted to go to Israel, but uh, I don't know if I want to wait until well, <laughs> that happens. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get over there before then just to kind of stake out my spot, right? Would that be a good idea? Yeah. Well, have you been there, Tammy? By my, I'm just curious if you've been to Israel. I have. Have you I have, really? and it's like it's like coming home. Is that right? It's, it's the most marvelous place on earth. It's a, it, it, um, well, tell me about I, it a little bit. Was there just the one time. Well, hang or? on, you're, you're gonna you're gonna run out of yes. We're gonna run out of time. Yes, I was there three years ago, almost to the day. This probably this week, three years ago, and it was uh-huh. just an awesome experience. Well, I, um, I appreciate you keeping that but, on the clock for me. I really do. But no, but I wanted to say I wanted to say real quick. I did try to Google. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make you brownie points. All right, all right. Um, as, so far as I could see, it says in First Kings sixteen twenty four that King Omri first his um, his capital was. Hang on, let me see if I can see it again. First Kings. Um, you said first king sixteen? Sixteen twenty four. Okay, it says that King Omri built his capital first in Shechem, then in Terza, and then in Samaria. So I think you are right that there is a there is a city as well as a as a region. Now that's that's Wikipedia, so I I'm not sure that that's entirely true, but looks like. I love you, Tammy. <laughs> so it says Great, great. Yeah, well, that is kind of the, it wasn't based on any kind of recent memory, but it's kind of the general idea I know that I had, I've kind of remembered from the past, the teachings and that sort of thing. Ah, well, people can keep really looking at it. Uh, it's it's not. Yeah, it says somewhere between First Kings 1624 and then okay. on to 2 Kings 17.5. All right. All right. Well, thanks, Tammy. That's, that's sure. good information. Sure. Great information. Thanks for calling in tonight, being a part of the program, The Quiz Show. Let's make sure, Jacob, we haven't left any questions unanswered, so our friend Murph okay. will be... Uh, well, uh, right, let's switch real quick, because I've got a couple of minutes okay. to... Uh... Oh, we don't have it. Not even that long, really. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, Pentecost... Why, why did they cast lots? Uh-huh. 
because Moses was told by God to cast lots in Exodus 28:30. It's not a pagan custom. It's when other pagan countries saw the Jews doing it, they said, "Hey, let's do this magic." Well, I thought that too. That they chose Matthias, but it looked to me like God chose Uh, Saul or Paul. Hebrew there be Matthiahu, but who's coming? Yeah. See you next week, folks. To help you restore the Bible to our culture, and it's brought to you by Clean Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.